I've got a message that I really believe is God birthed. And I, I've been praying and asking God, God, what do you want me to share with, with your people? God, what do you want me to really encourage and exhort uh, your people with as we step into the last Sunday? Can you believe it? I mean, we had some amazing Christmas Eve services. Um, we've had a great Christmas, and here we are now. We are stepping into 2021. In fact, the next time we come together, it will be a brand new year. And uh, I, I've been asking God, I've been on this search now for quite some time of what 2021 is going to look like, and I really believe I've got a plan. I'm going to start a series next weekend called Kingdom Culture. And I have never been more fired up about a series. I just believe God is wanting to work in our lives and in our hearts like never before. And that we're to be in this world, but not of this world. And God has intended for us to bring heaven to earth. And the way that happens is not some mystical thing out there. It's through the transformation of our lives. And then it's experienced by others through us. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled about it. I want to encourage you, if you're brand new to Anchor Bend, uh, we would love to get to know you. Would you fill out an online connect card? We have our chat host now. They'll, they'll fill in uh, the links that you need. We want to send you a gift, say thank you for being a part of this service. I know a lot of places you could be, but you chose to be with us, and I'm so grateful for that. So many great things are happening here. In fact, I want to continue to remind you, it's not too late to give for our legacy offering. It's, it's amazing to see what God did here at Anchor Bend. In 2020, we bought our first Sunday morning campus, and we couldn't be more excited that in the middle of COVID, COVID could not quarantine our generosity. And we were able to buy that property. And look, it's, it's just a tool. It's just a building. But man, I know and believe that God is going to do some great things through that location and that property. We'll be moving out of BF Terry in the summer. And so it's a great day for our church. And uh, we start construction next month and thrilled about that. Now, I have really been pondering on a passage of Scripture that I want us to look at, and uh, then I'm going to share just a few thoughts of what I believe can help us prepare for 2021. The passage of Scripture is found in Matthew chapter 11, and it's verse 28 and 30. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. Uh, I typically read out of the New Living Translation, but I love this passage and the way it's broken down in the message. Here's, here's the question that's asked in verse 20. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Maybe you're a little bit burned out on religion. And this is Jesus talking to the crowd. He's talking to the masses. And it's so clear to me how alive and relevant the word of God. I mean, this could have been spoken to us Today, are you tired? Are you worn out? You, 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 you're tired and burned out on religion? Look at what Jesus says. He says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And then I love this phrase. This is the phrase that really stuck out to me that I want us to grab a hold of this morning. It says, learn 
the unforced rhythms of grace. The unforced rhythms of grace. And then he goes on and he says, look, I won't lay anything too heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I just love this passage. I love the way the message lays it out that there is an unforced rhythm of grace. And I believe stepping into 2021 as a church, God is calling us to live in the rhythms of grace. Father, we thank you for the word that is before us. God, I pray that it would fall on good soil in our hearts, that as we dive in, Father, let this year be a year of rhythm. Let it be a year where we receive supernatural grace, that we need you now more than ever. Let this fall in our hearts and let us be doers of your word in Jesus' name and everyone said. Now, if you're like me, 2020 was such an unexpected year. I don't think that any of us were prepared for it. I know for me personally, uh, it caught me by surprise. I was shocked at all the twists and the turns and the different things that took place this last year. You realized, I did for the first time maybe, that anything and everything could possibly happen in our lifetime. Who would have ever imagined that we would experience what we have experienced as a society, as families, as individuals? I mean, everything literally has changed. There has really not been very many rocks that have been left unturned. I mean, from the way we work, think about 2020. When we began the year, we all worked as normal, or what we would call normal. And now the very fabric of the way that we function in society has shifted. The way we go into our offices is not with vehicles and cars, it's with Zoom calls. In fact, I was reading a study that only about 20% of Americans actually even go into an office. I mean, think about that. The beginning of this year, we would have all been in an office. We'd all been at a place of employment. But now only about 26% 26 of people go into an office for work. We work from home in our Zoom calls and virtual lives. It's been shifted. It's been changed. And Think about our education system. Think about how our kids learned that we went from in-person classrooms to now virtual classrooms. I mean, it's amazing. Who would have ever thought that 60% of at least the Fort Bend County, maybe even more on today, would be learning virtually, that we would be in online classrooms and that would be a primary way that our children, our teenagers would be learning today. Who would have ever thought? I mean, it's it's unbelievable the shift and the change in our education system. Think about the way we experience church. Here we are as a church. We're one church in hundreds of locations as people watch and tune in online today. If you'd have asked me nine months ago, hey, well, you're going to have an online church. There's going to be online campus. I, would have, I, I don't know that I would have believed you. Of course, we live streamed. Of course, we had the ability to watch. But if you were to say that would become a campus I don't think I would have believed you. It's unbelievable how the shift and change has taken place and how in just a matter of a couple of months, 
Our entire world has been turned upside down. Now, what I want to do is encourage you that regardless of all the changes and regardless of all the shifts in society and the way we function and the way we operate, I want you to be encouraged to stand strong. That's right, stand strong. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. This is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And look at what he says to them. It's applicable to us today. He says, so my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. You think about what they were walking through. If you know anything about the early church, they would have been walking through persecution. They would have been in extreme hard times. And, and, and nothing compared to what we were experiencing today, at least we have the freedom to gather. We have the freedom to come together, whether virtually or in person. Back then, they not only were being persecuted, but they were literally dying for their faith. And Paul has the audacity that in the middle of what seems like troubled times and hard experiences and, and the toughness of life, he says, look, I'm not only going to say it, but I'm going to tell you, look, stand strong. That there's an ability for you to not be tossed this way or that way by the winds of society and culture. He says, don't let anything change you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. You know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. It's never wasted. I want you to know 2020 is not wasted. Some of you are uh, thinking, man, I, I'm just ready to blast into 2021. I just want to get 2020 behind me. But I, I, I want you to know it's never wasted. It's not something, it might have been unexpected, but God didn't waste it. Might have been challenging, but God doesn't waste our pain. How many know some people experience great pain? It might have been painful, but God's not going to waste that experience. And the thing that I focus on and want to put my attention on is though things were unexpected, though it was challenging, we also realize there were a lot of things that took place that were miraculous. I mean, just miracles. And I even at some point throughout the experience of 2020, I almost felt bad at times to celebrate the goodness of God, but there has become a new boldness rising up on the inside of me. Look, I know there's a lot of bad things happening. I know people are experiencing pain and there's a lot of hurt, but I want you to know too that God has done some miraculous things, that though things are bad, there are a lot of great things happening as well. That God is on the move and I know personally it was tough. It was trying to readjust to the family and how we do school. I got four kids. I mean, no, just the educational piece was tough. Everybody needs a, a laptop and a tablet and a way to Zoom and trying to keep your kids' homework and, and, and all the schoolwork all lined up so that they don't fail. Come on. I don't want them to fail on my watch. I want them to pass. I mean, it wasn't easy. Wasn't easy making the shift with the office and transition with the staff and even with the church. I mean, there were a lot of downs, but there were a lot of ups as well. I mean, in April, April 20th, we bought our first Sunday morning permanent campus. And I'll never forget, in the middle of COVID, the Lord speaking to me said, COVID didn't catch me by surprise. If you'll hold on to Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me, I felt the Lord say, I'm going to do it even when it doesn't make sense. And lo and behold, we bought the campus. 
And when it seemed impossible to get the money to start construction, God did it again. And I could go story after story of things that God has done, even as hard as it was to go online. We've made more of an impact this year. The reach of our church, the preaching of the gospel, the impact of lives changed has been more in this year than any year previous. So that in the middle of a tough time, in a challenging time, God is still doing miraculous things. Matthew 11, that that passage where he says a rhythm of grace. He speaks Jesus to to the people and he's, look, look, I know you're burdened. I know things are hard. I know your heart is heavy, but there is a rhythm of grace. And if you will jump into my rhythm, I'm going to help you. And so today, when I think of rhythm, one of the things I think of often is music. So I, as soon as I read the passage, I immediately went to music. Now, I don't know if you know this, but your pastor used to play the drums. So when I was a teenager, I had a drum set, and I was a part of a band, and it was called TFO, The Forgiven Ones, and it was amazing, and I played in the youth worship. And so my mind immediately goes to music, and specifically in this passage, I begin to think about an orchestra. Uh, To me, I see this mass of people playing instruments from violins to cellos to to the percussion. And I think about the Houston Symphony. I don't know if you've ever seen them or heard them. They're actually a Grammy Award winning symphony. They've been around since 1966. And so I instantly go to thinking about that orchestra and how that they all come together. They play in harmony. It's a beautiful experience if you've ever experienced it. It's amazing. But the thing that makes it so beautiful is the fact that the orchestra has a conductor and that every person sitting around playing an instrument, they're all in sync. They're all playing the same key. They're in the same rhythm. Imagine if you had just this mass of people playing all these different instruments and and they weren't in sync. They weren't in the same key. They weren't in the same rhythm. How many know that would sound like a mess? And though we are not an orchestra, we are the body of Christ. And God has pulled us together, all the different parts, all the different pieces, and together we form the body of Christ. And it's our responsibility for the world when they see us, that they would see Jesus, that heaven would come down. And here on earth, they would say, I bet that's what Jesus looks like. They get a taste of God with our lives and I've been thinking a lot about this. When the world sees our life, when the world sees us, the question is, what do they experience? I wonder what the taste is in their mouth. I wonder what the pitch is in their ears. I wonder what it is that they see when they look at us. Is it something that glorifies God? Is it a beautiful melody of heaven? Or is it something other? I think the greatest way we can look a lot of times is just look at our social media. What kind of music is our life making? What kind of tone are we setting? What kind of key is our life lived in? What pitch does the world see and hear through us? I mean, is it good or is it bad? Do they see something that brings life or does it bring division and destruction? Do we post things that are really 
more our opinion or the things that God would say? In, in fact, I wonder if we looked at the social media uh, and we said, okay, God, here, examine it. Tell me what it is that you see, if God would be pleased or if he would be disappointed. And we so nonchalantly, just without thinking of consequence or impact. We just post things all the time, but I want you to know that your actions begin to convey the melody of heaven. And so what is it that people hear and see and taste when they experience us? What about conversations? I mean, when we have conversations with those we love, maybe it's on a Zoom call, maybe it's FaceTime, maybe it's just a regular phone call, are they getting the melody of heaven? Do they get life spoken into the situation or is it death? I mean, think about all the things that we faced. Are we agreeing with God and what he says or do we agree with the devil and what he says? Because truthfully, everything spoken and done creates a melody for the world to experience. And I think that God is calling us as a church in 2021 to really begin to say, God, I, I want to know how you would do it. God, I want to step into the way that you would live this life. And I want to bring heaven to earth. I want people when they see me to get an experience of you because God, I know ultimately what they need is my, not my opinion. What they need is not my perspective. They really need you. They need your perspective and what you say in this situation. What's the experience people get when they're around you? Thought about it. Romans 15, 13. I love this passage. It says, may the God of hope. Think about that. The God of hope. Do they experience the God of hope? Is it despair? Is it fear? Is it anxiousness? Is it maliciousness? They hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them back. Or, or, or really, is it God? You're the God of hope. Because look at what he says. He says, let him fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So think about that. The God of hope wants to fill you up. And he wants to fill you up with joy and with peace. Well, but pastor, you don't understand. You don't know what I'm walking through. You don't know the hell that I've been through in 2020. Look, God's word is not situational. God's word is a fact. And we know that if we stand on his word, regardless of what's happening, his truth will supersede our facts. God, I trust you. Look, he says, as you trust him, you're going to fill with joy and peace. And then look at what he says here. He says, let it be an overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about it, an overflowing of hope. Over, how many are sitting there right now and you're, you're, you're a part of this moment and you could say, I don't feel overflowing with hope. I want you to know, get your hopes up. I've been saying that for the last couple of months. I just believe, even when COVID hit, get your hopes up. Get your expectations up. The more time we spend with God, you've got to understand that God is not moved by what's happening around us. And if we will spend time with Him, He will begin to fill us up from the inside out. And then we can pour what we have to the world that's around us. Filled with hope. Filled with hope. And I thought, how, how can I today, I want to leave you with three things that I really believe will help us be filled with hope 
as we learn how to live in the rhythms of grace. Rhythms of grace. I love how he says the unforced rhythms of grace. So that when I'm in God's rhythm, I don't have to force it. I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to do everything. I just, God, I'm going to get in your rhythm of grace, your rhythm of grace. And I thought the first thing, if you're going to get in the rhythm of God's grace in 2021, the first thing is you got to show up. That's right. Just show up. If you're going to be a part of an orchestra, if you're going to be a part of the body, you got to show up to play your part. You got to be in the room. You got to be in the place where the melody is being created, where the music is being created, where there is a symphony of all the people coming together to make a beautiful melody. You got to be present. So many people don't experience the rhythm of God's grace because they're not showing up to the places God's called them to show up in. I mean, think about 2020. One of the things that has happened that I have seen in my own life and what I have seen in others' lives is that we have gotten out of the habit of what we used to be in. Think about How's your prayer life? How's your Bible reading? How's your own individual worship time? Is it better or worse than when you began this year? Like, that's where we got to say, look, God, you fill me up. And I, I, I love all the places we can go, all the conferences we can attend, even church on Sunday. But it has to first start every single morning. God, I give you the first portion of my day. God, I give you the best portion of my day. And I'm going to come before you. Why? Because today I need a fresh rhythm of grace. What I had yesterday is not good enough for what I need today. I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to ask you to fill me with your grace today as I live the life you've called me to live. I mean, think about church. How many have gotten out of the rhythm of church? Look, when do we go to church? 52 weeks out of the year. And I, I get it. Some people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying at home because the uptick in, in, in COVID-19 cases, and I understand that. But what you have to know is that if you're staying home, then tune in. If you're staying home, then be a part. If you're staying home, stay connected to the place that God has his grace poured out in your life. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 says, don't give up meeting together uh, as you are in the habit of doing. So he goes in and he says, look, some people, this is back in, 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 in Paul's time. And he's saying, look, even back then there wasn't a, a pandemic like COVID-19 the moment he wrote this. But how many know whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a famine, whether it's persecution, whether it's just life, the enemy's number one goal is to get you disconnected from the place where God's grace will fill you. So even then, he's encouraging them, look, don't, don't, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up coming together. Look, you got to stay in the habit. Encourage one another. And it says, all the more as you see the day approaching. There is something special about being in the house of God, whether in person or online. I was reminded of this just a couple of weeks ago. I met a couple, Umberto and Lenore. And I met them out in the breezeway, and it was actually Legacy Sunday, and they walked out of this auditorium and they just had tears flowing down their eyes. And you can typically tell when someone's been touched in a service 
uh, just the way that their demeanor was, you, you could just sense it. And so I walked up to him and said, hey, it's so good to meet you and introduce myself to him. And I, I said, well, tell me what's going on. I said, I can see that God's touched you. And they both with tears running down their face said, God has touched us in such a powerful, powerful way. And I said, tell me about it. They began to tell me about some of the things that God was doing. And then I said, well, how did you get here? And here's what's amazing. They said they were driving by BF Terry and our dream teamers that are in the parking lot with their vests on and their signs, they're waving people and just people are driving by honking and, and waving. And they said, look, we were driving by the parking lot and they were waving at us and had such a smile. We said, look, we weren't going to church. We weren't headed to that place. But they said, hey, there's something there that we need. So they literally circled the block, come all the way back around. They join us in a service on Legacy Sunday. And they said, this is the place where God spoke to us and changed our life. We'll never be the same. Well, what happened? They showed up. They were in the right place at the right time. I think many times we want God's grace, but we don't want to show up where God gives us his grace. We don't want to spend time in the mornings to, 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 to have a quiet time and say, God, fill me up. I mean, we don't want to go to a small group because it's inconvenient and on a Zoom call. Maybe we don't want to digitally serve. Maybe we don't want to show up on a Sunday. We'll catch it another day. But the reality is, if you want what God has, you got to be in the place where God's giving it. I want to encourage you, 2021, get back into the rhythm, into the habit, into the house of God, whether physically or online. You got to show up. The second thing, if we're going to get into the rhythm, the unforced rhythm of God's grace is we got to follow. We got to follow. Now, I know it sounds simple. But in today's culture, nobody wants to follow. Everybody wants to do their own thing. But look at what Mark chapter 8, 34 says. It says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And he said, whoever wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself and take up his cross. And look at what he says, follow me. Follow me. That's what a disciple does. A disciple says, look, it's not about the direction I want to go. It's not about my opinion. It's not about what I want or what I like. It's all about following Jesus. And so many times the problem is we want to receive God's grace, but we want to receive it our way. We want it to be in a direction, in a path going towards a career or some move that it's going to benefit us that we can understand. I need you to know that God's grace doesn't follow you just because you're going in a direction. God's grace follows us, consumes us when we learn to follow Jesus. Where you want me to go. Where you want me to be. How you want me to live my life. And when I'm in your will, then your grace, your rhythm of grace fills my life, Phyllis and I went to eat at Town Center. We, there's a restaurant there we love to eat at. And even just recently, we, we went there and I, I dropped her off at the front so she wouldn't have to go through the parking garage. We got a parking garage there. And so I drop her off the front, say, hey, go ahead and get us a table. I'll park and I'll come back around. And so lo and behold, we do that. I park. We had a great meal, spent some time with some great friends and just had a great night. Well, then we're on our way back to 
get our car and we're all walking together and I love my wife and she always wants to, you know, be close and she's talking, but she'll get distracted. And then lo and behold, she's talking and she's way out in front. And I'm like, baby, where are you going? The car is over here. But she's over here just doing her thing. And I'm following her. And then I'm like, oh, wait, look, you didn't park the car. I parked the car. The car is over here. Like she's leading, but she's leading us to the wrong place. And I think so many times we can get distracted with life. We can go here and do this and go there. And the problem is before long, we try to start to lead God instead of letting God lead us. Look at what 1 John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. See, we want his grace, but are we following him? I've got to learn to trust him. I've got to learn to say, God, it's all about you. It's not about me. It's never been about me, and it will never be about me. I trust you. I follow you, no matter what it costs. This is a year, 2021, it's a year of discipleship. It's a year of going all in. It's a year of saying, God, we choose to get in your rhythm of grace. I'd rather be in a hard place with God's grace than in the best place without it. We're going to follow you. Third thing is this, as we get ready to close. If you want to receive God's rhythm of grace, you want to get in his rhythm of grace, you got to stay focused. We got to stay focused this year. Don't allow ourselves to get distracted. Just like Phyllis, just kind of conversating and we're walking. With, look, so many times it's easy for us to get distracted by the things that are going on around us. And look, I get it. There, there are a lot of things that are happening that are important. I, I understand what's at stake. But let me just tell you this. Like, politics can't save us. Social responsibility can't save us. Public opinion rarely ever lines up with God's opinion. And look, I'm not saying that those things aren't important. Look, you ought to vote, and we got to vote our values. we got to stand up for our rights. we got to step out and be who God's called us to be. Look, we need to be socially responsible, but there's going to come a day. What happens when what society says is okay and God says is okay are totally different? Which place will you go? Who will you follow? Like we have to be the church. We have to say, God, I, I know there's this side and I know there's that side, but I always look at this. Though there are two opposing sides, there's another side and it's God's way. When Jesus came to this earth, he was in an interesting time in history. We see there was this Roman culture, this empire that was set up and establishing their government, their way of life, not only in, in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, but literally around the world. And then you had this Jewish movement, these people that were separate. And so you have these cultures that were competing against each other. And really the Jewish people were thinking, okay, the Messiah is coming. He is coming to overthrow this worldly system. And Jesus... He comes in, 
says, I understand this way. And I understand this way. Even, I love what he said to Caesar. That, well, Jesus, do we pay the taxes? Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. In other words, look, look, follow. Great. Do what they say and have established. But I'm telling you, this. they say this, but I'm saying this. There is a third option. There is a third way. And as a believer, we've got to say, I'm going to stay focused, not on the hot topics of society, but on the God topics in the Bible. I choose to live my life in such a way that heaven will be in this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven, though I'm here on this earth. I'm passing through. And it's the only way that we can walk in this rhythm of grace. We we can't get distracted. We've got to stay focused. Just like an orchestra must stay focused on the conductor. God is the great conductor. And as a church, we're going to speak out when it's time to speak out. We're going to speak up when it's time to speak up. But there are many times when it's not the right moment. We live this life. We let them see our words through the way we live. Look, I, I understand there's a lot of things out there in society that are topics that cause people great emotion. But I wonder if, as the church, we can not just speak up, but we can live it out. Say, God, I'm going to live. Look, I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to love my sister. It's one of the things I love about this church. We are so diverse multicultural, multi-generational, that as a church we come together. I don't want to just talk about love. I want to live out love. And I don't ever want the music of my life to turn people off to God. I don't want a Facebook post or an Instagram post or a TikTok post or any of those posts to cause people to say, yeah, I don't know if that's what. Look, look, Jesus loves everyone. And so do I. I'm going to live this thing out. We're going to walk this thing out. We're going to hold arm in arm, and we're going to let the world see that there is a people that live love out. I think it's just so easy to get distracted. I was about 12 years ago, 14 years ago, and I was at a ministry up in Dallas, and I was driving home. Phyllis was actually living in the Beaumont area, the southeast Texas region, and I'd gotten a job up there, so I would commute back and forth on the weekends. Well, it was the weekend. I'm heading home. I'm going to see my honey, and driving my car down this street in Tyler, Texas, and there's this loop that goes around, and then you jump on Highway 69, and 69 is backed up with all these different lights. And I'm talking to Phyllis on the phone. Hey, I'm getting ready to come home super excited and say, hey, she says, let, let, me, let me just call you back. And she had something she had to do. I said, no problem, hung up the phone. Well, lo and behold, when I hung up the phone, I dropped the phone on the floorboard in the passenger seat, right there in the front. Now, I knew better. I was looking at the phone. I'm looking at the traffic and looking at the phone and looking at the traffic. And I thought, it ain't no big deal. I'll just grab the phone real quick in case Phyllis calls. So traffic's all around me, but it was green light, car ahead of me, but far enough, it 
didn't bother me. I thought, no big deal. I literally reached down to grab the phone, and the next thing I know, as I was coming up, my car slammed into the back of another. <laughs> Airbag deploys. You ever, you ever experienced that? It's, it's very fascinating to see how time literally stands still. It all happens in slow motion. <laughs> What happened? I got distracted. I've often thought about that moment because there are a lot of other times I could have picked up that phone. There wasn't anybody around. But what happened was I got distracted at the wrong time. It was a critical moment that I didn't realize the importance of my focus. 2021 is a critical year for the church. This is a year that we can't afford to get distracted. Look, I know there's other times we can do it, and it's like, well, it may or may not hurt, but this is a year. Church, listen, as your pastor, those of you that are watching, maybe you just tuned in, 2021 is a critical year for the church. And I know the enemy would love to just get us distracted. Why? Because he wants you out of the rhythm of God's grace. I want to encourage you. Don't get distracted. Don't allow the enemy to pull you out of God's rhythm. And I'm grateful this year. We're going into 2021. Next, next weekend, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to kick it off. I want you to get your heart ready. I want you to pray about it. Look, I, I want to challenge you to fast, like a real fast, no food. 21 days, let's go all in. No food, God. We're, we're fasting. We're going all in. Look, if you can't do that, maybe it's a medical condition, do a Daniel's fast. Fast a couple of days every week. Do, do something, but do something that challenges you. Why? Because as I'm hungry, I think, God, I need more of you. God, I've, I've got to focus more on you. God, I know my body is physically weak, but God, you, you make me strong. It, it causes us to focus. And I'm excited. I'm praying over the next couple of days, you spend some time, you rest, enjoy your friends, your family, and let's come back. 2021, the first Sunday. Let's don't wait till the second Sunday. Let's don't wait till the third Sunday. Let's, no, no, listen, we're an orchestra. God is bringing the body together. We are called to make the melody of heaven. So let's do that. Father, I pray over every person. God, I thank you for what you're doing in their life. Lord, I thank you for today. What a special day. Lord, that we would make the melody of heaven, that God, we would have an unforced rhythm of grace that every person watching right now, Lord, your presence, your power, let it fill their heart. Lord, the God of hope, fill them with hope. Fill them with peace. Fill them with joy. Lord, it's not based on my circumstance. It's based on my position. It's proximity. So God, we get close to you. God, we pull into you. God, we connect with you. God, if there's anything that would cause us to turn away, Lord, we ask you to remove it. In Jesus' name. In fact, if you're watching right now, this is your moment. If you felt disconnected, maybe you, you tuned in today and you realize, look, I don't have a relationship with God. He's not the conductor of my life. Today's your day. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved. It's where we get the term salvation. Saved from what? The penalty of sin? 
which is death and hell and eternal separation from God. And I've had people say, how could a good God send people to hell? Let me tell you, he didn't send anybody to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. He is so good. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, all God, all man, to live 33 years, to willingly give up his life on a cross, to die, to be buried. But three days later, to resurrect him from the dead. That's how much God loves you. When people go to hell, it's because they reject the salvation that God has already paid for. And right now, I believe you're watching. Your heart's beating fast. You recognize there's a moment the Holy Spirit's in that place, and you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready right now to receive the free gift of salvation. Right where you're at, God is moving. Maybe in your chat, just write, that's me, that's me, that's me. I'm praying that prayer. I'm praying that prayer. That's, Pastor, I, I want to be included in that prayer. Now's your time. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. Would you save me? Set me free. Deliver me from all of my sin. Forgive me of my past right now. I believe that you died and you rose again and I receive salvation as a gift in Jesus' name. Come on, church, say amen. Come on, such an amazing, amazing moment.